0: Welcome back to Honestly, Alicia, where you will find stories and conversations that inspire and inform. Hello, and welcome back. So in this episode, you get to hear from Heather. Heather is a kindergarten teacher from Oregon who's been in education for over 20 years. As we talk, she shares the rewards and the challenges of teaching these little ones, especially the quote unquote, covid kinders these little guys are a challenge they have been through a lot she's teaching little ones that were like two and three during covid and so she shares some insight into what it's like to have these kids and how they are a little bit different um, than pre-covid kindergartners we discuss the changes she's observed in students and parents over the years especially since 2020 and describes how she's teaching her students to tolerate being bored. Like who would have thought in kindergarten you have to teach kids to be bored? But here we are. In addition, she shares some well-earned wisdom about finding a work-life balance. Share this episode with one of your teacher friends, listen to it to be reminded about how hard they work. There are takeaways for all of us in this conversation. And She may be the person that knows me the best (laughs) besides my parents and my sister. I have known Heather since we were five. And if you go to my Instagram, which is at Ali o -O A-L-I-O-L-Y-N-N, you'll get to see some photos of us. We did take senior pictures together. We're pretty cute. Enjoy my interview with Heather okay okay here we go here we go when did you know you wanted to be a teacher
1: so i think my first memory would be high school so we had this early childhood class and i think i originally signed up because you got to leave campus (laughs) right so i was like cool so um we got to go to one of the neighboring elementary schools and and do like a I don't know what you would call it, a practicum? Was yeah. It really?
0: Almost like an internship, but yeah, not quite.
1: But yeah, but just for high schoolers. So I just helped the teacher. Probably then I kind of felt like that was what I was meant to do after I did that little mm-hmm. well, how internship. Old were they? What grade? Um, I feel like they were kinder in first grade. Oh, little. I did it for a couple semesters. So, yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. definitely
0: the younger. So, how long have you been teaching and what is your current position?
1: So, I graduated in 98. And I subbed for a little bit before I got my first job, and I taught for ten years, and then we had kids. And after my second was born, I stayed home for a little while,
0: Mm -hmm.
1: and then I um, did you. When did you start subbing again? When? Let's see. I was thinking it was kindergarten, but I actually kind of feel like she was in preschool. Number two. Yes, number two was in preschool. Okay, so when she was four or five, um, some of my very close friends from my old school started calling me and so I would just sub like on Fridays because my mom mm-hmm.
0: was could help out yeah
1: out to babysit. So I did that. So I that was pretty I mean I stayed pretty busy actually just doing Fridays and then um when she was in kindergarten I started subbing at her school. Mm-hmm. And then I subbed for like the next I was trying to figure it out. I feel like it was like 7 to 8 years. So it yeah. really the so break was a, very short. Yeah.
0: It was like four or five year break. And then when how many years have you been back full time?
1: So I went back in the middle of the pandemic. <laughs> so fun. Yeah. yeah, that was real smart. That what was, was I great. thinking?
0: Yeah. So yeah. Well, so I went back we on it was 20, be
1: short. Yeah. Twenty twenty one. Yeah. So
0: And yeah. right now what grade are you in? I
1: am teaching kindergarten.
0: My second year in kindergarten. Yep. Nice. Nice. I survived. Yeah. Seriously. <laughs> How is the field of education different than when you started?
1: So the curriculum has changed over the last 20 years and standards have changed. Um, One big thing I noticed just in the last two years or so is parent involvement. I think when I first started, um, most families, like just one person was working and the other parent was available to come Mm -hmm. and help in the classroom. And now I feel like it's very rare to even have either parent be able To help uh, consistently, I guess, would be.
0: Hmm. Like You know, like I might have someone,
1: yeah, they'll go on a field trip. I'll have like 14 parents go on a field trip. But if I say, can you come every week and help me with reading Mm -hmm. or help me with math? I've had two parents out of 20. But when I first started, I had to make a calendar. Like I had a a rotation and I I had a calendar. Mm -hmm. I would send home every month and you're this day, this day, this day. Because I had so many parents... That yeah. wanted to help. Yeah. So I, that's one big difference. Um, I think also ADD, ADHD, autism is way more prevalent. Mm-hmm. Like that was not diagnosed when I first started teaching. Yeah. Or it was rare to have that in your classroom. Do
0: you feel like it was happening in the classroom but undiagnosed? For sure. Okay. So you're not looking at it and thinking there's a lot more... Like it's more prominent. No, I feel like it is more prominent. And it and was happening, but undiagnosed. It was
1: happening, but undiagnosed. You know, for sure, especially autism. I feel like yeah. that was kind of an unknown twenty years ago. Yeah. Um, but for sure, way more children. Like this year, I could tell you, four to five children in my class of twenty, probably have ADHD. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and only two are officially diagnosed. It's hard to be the kindergarten teacher because you're usually the first person to say to a parent, "This is not typical um, behavior for for a child of this age," yeah. or you know, "This is not how their peers interact with each other," and so forth. Yeah. So it's hard to be the first one to say that to them. Um, so some of them hear it but don't do anything about it, and then some of you know, I had a few parents who were like, "Okay, we're going to go and check in with a doctor," and their child was diagnosed. But right. like out of twenty kids, to feel like. Definitely a have four or five that probably could be diagnosed with that. That's mm-hmm. a big change in the last 20 years. I don't, hmm.
0: I yeah. might have said. Maybe it was one or two.
1: Maybe one or two.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Describe the demographic of your community and the students that you teach.
1: Okay. So our community, I would say is like 70% white mm-hmm. and probably 25% Hispanic okay. and then 5% other races. Yeah. It's a small community. About twenty-ish minutes from the biggest, one of the biggest cities in our state, mm-hmm. um, we have the in-town schools, and I teach at an in-town school. Um, and then we have a few schools that are out in the country. Um, so those those kids are more farmers.
0: What about politically? Because politically, I feel like I'd
1: say it's very conservative.
0: Okay, and what about um, because we're going to talk about COVID, the governor? conservative or
1: so our state i would say would lean towards liberal
0: Mm -hmm. but our where i live
1: is a conservative community
0: Mm -hmm. because that
1: caused friction it did cause a lot of friction Mm -hmm. so um and as far as like i teach at a title one school which means we get funding from the government because I believe it's 40%, don't quote me on the percentages, but 40% of our students receive free or reduced lunches. Okay, so, so that's that lower us, income. Yes, it's a lower income. So we receive extra funding so that we can support those students. Okay. So we can have another IA in the classroom or yeah. thank you, that kind of thing. And yeah. IA is an instructional assistant for yeah. those who don't know yeah. teacher lingo.
0: Right, okay. Cause yeah, because it does explaining who you're serving kind of gives context for as we talk about other things Yes. Yeah. so not all the schools teaching.
1: in my district are title one
0: so if you think about back to when you were in college and you were learning to be a teacher what do you think should be taught to educators to better prepare them
1: well I think right off the bat like um the behavior management was a big
0: piece that like I they didn't like, give you the skills well
1: I did my student teaching in a you know really nice school and a lot of parent involvement um and for lack of a better term I mean the kids were well behaved
0: mm-hmm.
1: and it was probably a higher income school mm-hmm. um looking back but and then I my first job was again a title one low income school mm-hmm. and not as much parent involvement and I was dealing with some really hard students and Mm -hmm. the behavior management piece was something I had to learn, like on the ground, basically, like, here you are, boom, learn how to handle this kid that's freaking out.
0: Yeah. Um, So there's no, I, you know, I don't have a teaching degree. There's no discussion on behavior management. There is, but when you're only, um, or is it so little that it's like, you know, you kind of forget it. It
1: felt like it was not maybe, I'm trying to think it wasn't like maybe broad enough Mm -hmm. to encompass like you're going to have kids with trauma and you're going to have kids with ADHD or autism Mm -hmm. in your classroom. And I felt like I could have been better prepared for that.
0: Will you describe what you've said about there's one student that you've had Mm -hmm. that you have to clear the room? Yeah. So like, did anybody prepare you as an educator for situations like that?
1: No, I don't feel like I was prepared for that. Yeah.
0: So, will you just describe, like, kind of what happens and then what you have to do as a teacher and how many students? So,
1: I have 20 students in my class. Um, one is on an IEP, which means he needs extra support. Mm-hmm. Um, I have two that are diagnosed with ADHD. So they're on 504 plans, which means they basically need extra accommodations mm-hmm. during their day. Um, I have one IA that is with me for about hour and a half most days in mm-hmm. the morning. So that's wonderful to have an extra set of hands. I had this kid who starts to get dysregulated, and um, he gets upset if he doesn't something doesn't go his way. Mm-hmm. It can be internal, like he's a perfectionist, mm-hmm. so he doesn't like how something's turning out. Um, So he's really hard on himself. It can be time's up and we're transitioning to a different project or a different subject and he doesn't want to be done. So there's lots of different um, triggers for him. And so sometimes it is like I give him a countdown, we ignore the behavior, and sometimes that's all it takes. And Mm -hmm. then he'll see he's not getting the attention he seeks and he'll come and join the rest of the class on the carpet Mm -hmm. for a story or whatever we're doing. Other times he escalates, and it escalates to a point where I think he could hurt others or hurt himself. I usually okay. have to call for help
0: yeah, to help
1: intervene, and sometimes that means doing a room clear where I take the rest of my class into the hallway mm-hmm. um, until it's safe, or sometimes we just go sit on the carpet until he's calmed down. And I have, um, we have what's called a behavior intervention specialist that will come in and help
0: is there how many for your whole school behavior? One. There's one. One. Wow.
1: So yeah, if she's busy with another student, mm-hmm. there's a text thread. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's the quickest way instead of me going to the landline and calling right. the office. Yeah. I just have a text thread with yeah. her and my principal and mm-hmm. the counselor and whoever can come. We'll say on my way.
0: So, wow. Yeah.
1: It's hard. It's heavy. Yeah. Yeah. It's hard. It's hard to teach under those circumstances, and I don't feel like college prepared me for that.
0: Yeah. Yep. Describe what COVID was like for you teaching and in your community, just what the dynamics were like.
1: Yeah, that's hard because I've tried to block that out.
0: (laughs) (laughs) We're here. We're going to work through it.
1: So when we shut down in March of 2020, I was just subbing. And so in our school district, the we completely shut down. And we thought we were just going on like everybody else, like a two-week hiatus, right? Like, ooh, spring break is going to be a little extra long. Yeah. And kind of like looking forward to it. Yeah. I was exhausted. My kids were exhausted. I was still subbing. And I got trained in September of 2020. I got trained to teach on Zoom because if a teacher was going to be gone for... I believe it was three or four or more days. Mm-hmm. That was an interesting thing to be taught how to teach on Zoom and as a substitute, and you're not used to doing it and all the ins and outs of that. So I actually did sub quite a bit. I was surprised. I didn't think I would at mm-hmm. all. But there were, you know, teachers got COVID and were out for two weeks sometimes, and so I would teach for 10 days or whatever on Zoom. So mm-hmm. I did that. And then... Um, In January, I believe, I was hired to do a long-term maternity leave. and So that'd um, be
0: January 21.
1: Yes, so 21. And then our state decided to go to hybrid. Must have been February or March. Sorry, my dates are getting... Mm
0: -hmm. It's just one big, long blur. I know, it's just one big, long blur.
1: Mm -hmm. But, okay, so hybrid style was, if I'm remembering correctly... I know,
0: I... I forgot all We those. had
1: Mondays off. Mondays was like a day to plan because it was a lot to plan for in person and also on Zoom. Yeah. So Mondays was a teacher training kind of a planning day. And then the kids would come based on I believe it was just we split the alphabet in half. So So you would always have half the kids. Half the kids. Okay. So you spread could them spread out. them out. Okay. So Tuesdays, maybe you were group A, so you would come Tuesday and Thursday mornings. And then group B would come Wednesday and Friday mornings. And then they would all go home before lunch because they didn't want to serve lunch right. at the school. Right. And so they would go home. So it was a pretty quick morning. And then they'd go home. We'd have a lunch break. And then we would get on Zoom and teach. The whole class would log on in the afternoon. And from my classroom, I would teach via Zoom. Wow. It was not great. Yeah. And... <laughs> It was still funny to me that that's, we had always planned that I would go back to teaching when my youngest was out of elementary school, and in our district, elementary is K through six. Mm -hmm. So she was a sixth grader during all of this, and it just kind of fell into, you know, kind of, I was subbing, and then the pandemic happened, and it just kind of fell into my lap, and it was like, well, Mm -hmm. I mean. This feels right. Might as well just go back now, like, I kind of had my foot in the door, but, you know, kind of a crazy time to decide to go back and yeah um yeah and then the next year when I started we were still wearing masks so 2021 uh I started teaching kindergarten full-time and we wore masks until spring break
0: of 2022
1: correct yeah. yeah, because that was just last year. Yeah. Sometimes it feels like it was a million years ago. Yeah. And then when I'm trying to sit, like tell you about it, I'm like, that was just last year. Yeah. We wore masks the whole beginning of the over school a year. little a year ago.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's crazy. It is pretty crazy. Kind of explain what it was like to be teaching in a mask and then the, huh, the dynamics around you of parents and uh, all of it. Um, it
1: was hard, that's
0: putting (laughs) it mildly.
1: (laughs) It was rough. Yeah. Um, no matter how you feel about the masks, we had laws that were mandated down from the state, right? So our state was different than other states around us. So we were still wearing masks when a lot of other parts of the country were no longer requiring Mm -hmm. it. So it was a pretty, um, was a hot topic, I guess you could say, like heated, as you said before. It's hard because people fell on either side of the fence, right? And as a school district, we have to do what we are told to do by the state. By law. By law, Mm -hmm. or we lose our jobs. So I guess you could say it puts us in a position where we're having to follow the law, whether you agree with it or not, Mm -hmm. and some parents got upset yeah (laughs) that's a nice way to put it I guess Mm -hmm. it was hard because they would take it out on us and it's not really our fault and Mm -hmm. it wasn't we aren't making the decisions we're doing what we're told and we're trying to make the best of it
0: Mm -hmm. so yeah yeah there's so much there but we're not gonna I know It's like there is (laughs) so much there so much uh, there
1: yeah." yeah It was hard. And I, as a teacher, it's really hard. Like little five-year-olds, I mean, that's a hard thing to get them to keep their masks up and over their noses. And we've got, you know, kids picking their noses. <laughs> <laughs> Pull their masks. Back. I kid you not. Pull their masks down, pick their nose, put their masks back up. And I'm like, oh, good. That's great. And then trying to teach letters and sounds. And you can't tell if they're really doing it with you until the masks came off. And then I could say... Like, I could see who's been with me this whole time and right. who, <laughs> who has, has been in la-la land you? while I was teaching letters and sounds. So see, see. It's, it was hard. It's been a whole different atmosphere without them on this year, I feel like.
0: Yeah. What are the lingering effects of COVID on the students?
1: Well, I would say you and I have talked about their attention mm-hmm. issues. So that is a big one. Mm-hmm. Kids, I think parents were doing the best they could. They were either working from home, both of them working from home and their kids. So my kids would have been
0: Yeah, let's do the kids from this year.
1: This year. So they would have been what, three-ish, four, Mm -hmm. three and a half. So I think if parents were working from home and they needed it quiet, they're on a Zoom call, whatnot, they put their kids, I'm guessing, I'm making assumptions Mm -hmm. that they put them on a screen, right? Like, on a movie we've all been there we've all oh, done yeah. that I
0: can't we all
1: have I've to. done it yeah <laughs> with my own children but I think it was even more so mm-hmm. so these kids were on tablets or on screens um so that the parents could have a few minutes to breathe mm-hmm. and a few minutes of quiet in their house but it was for what we would do normally like okay we're gonna put on a movie so we can get our laundry done yeah this is like we're going to put on three movies yeah. in a row. Like, they needed extended time to work. To work. Mm-hmm. And I don't, you know, fault for... It's not their fault. Mm-hmm. I just feel like these
0: kids But have we weren't had, made at three years old. No. God did not make us as toddlers <laughs> to be on a to screen. Be on a screen. Yeah. He made us to be interacting, yes. playing, learning, creating. Yeah. So
1: using... Your, the basic things of, like, using your imagination, yeah. they don't... They're just they don't have that mm-hmm. like it's that's a new skill they're just learning now in kindergarten like i have playtime, and it's like go use your imagination go play in the kitchen go play with the builder blocks or whatever and yeah. it's like they have to learn how to do that and then just i think because everyone isolated there was less social interaction mm-hmm. And so just going to the park and learning how to take turns and play with other kids your your age that part is missing
0: yeah But like So how does that play out, like, in the classroom? If they didn't get to have all that social, what does that look like in your room?
1: It looks like we're learning a lot of our social skills Mm -hmm. in kindergarten, Mm -hmm. taking turns and using our words and asking, may I use that after you, please, and um, just even attention, having the attention to sit and listen to a story and not interrupt your teacher for 10 minutes and raising your hand. I mean kindergarten already is pretty quick paced cuz their their attention spans are pretty minimal I would mm-hmm. say but I felt like the last few years it's like whoa like <laughs> we we can't last for more than 5 minutes yeah. like before we need to be like onto something better and bigger yeah. and more well, engaging and it so yeah. that's hard
0: as a teacher cuz you have to like be on your toes and um, and you're saying no matter what you do, you can't compete with a screen. I can't. No. Will you say the thing about Sesame Street? Okay. So my husband
1: and I, our district brought in a special speaker. And, um, and your husband's been, an educator as well. Yes. So they've been, this speaker, I can't remember her title, but basically she's studying the brain and neuroscience and how um, screen time affects our brains. And she brought up a clip of... Um, the beginning the introduction of sesame street from probably the 70s -hmm. or 80s when we were kids and um it's like a still action shot of the city i believe and then you know sesame street comes up and there's not much movement there's not much going on it's a little jingle goes on and then she brought up one from this year from Mm -hmm. present day and i mean there's stuff flashing and twinkling and moving and the song's got all this extra beats and um something is moving all the time the little fairy abby-cadabby or whatever mm-hmm. is just going across the screen and because our attention span nowadays we can't we need that to be engaged we need it to be changing and moving mm-hmm. and interacting with us all the time whereas when we were kids we were, we were, fine were excited to just to watch tv if it was
0: in color i, was I know so excited.
1: i know so that's <laughs> what they're used to and that's what Um, their brains have been trained. Like, Mm -hmm. that's what they want to watch and what they find engaging. And you cannot compete with that.
0: (laughs) Right. As a human, as a teacher. No. You can't compete with with the screen.
1: So we have to retrain their brains, like, so that their attention spans are longer. And Mm -hmm. they need to be bored at times and Mm -hmm. figure out how do I solve this problem without, Mm -hmm. you know, using technology like yeah. how can you just the basic skills of like here's a
0: stick what are you gonna do
1: with it mm-hmm. like pretend
0: yeah should what's be... the board tell me about why why should our young kids be bored so
1: in the layman
0: terms <laughs> because <laughs> or I'm, you can use your I fancy words I am paraphrasing
1: <laughs> well I'm paraphrasing from what I learned from her mm-hmm. and I, I do not feel like I'm an expert but my big takeaway was that the gray matter in your brain, I believe that's what it was, um, it gets rewired with all our screen time. And mm-hmm. screen time, I mean, it's watching TV, it's being on a computer, yeah. being on a tablet, playing video games, all that screen time adds up. And I can't remember the number she said, but its it was astonishing to me what the average American, their screen I'll time. I'll Google it and yeah, put it in the show notes. is, and um, anyways, You can, the good news is you can rewire that gray matter in your brain by being bored. And she said to start with like 10 minutes a day of being bored. And so. Hmm.
0: Because then you have to be creative.
1: Yeah. And you have to use your brain and your thinking. And she said, even going for a walk, you can't listen to a podcast. Sorry. Hmm. (laughs) Or music even. (laughs) She said, not even music. She's like, Hmm. go for a walk outside and just. Be in your thoughts. Mm-hmm. And like, listen. And she's saying we can, can do the birds. this as adults, too. We can rewire our brains, too. We are not as probably damaged as mm-hmm. this generation is because we did have those opportunities mm-hmm. to.
0: But all the little people all the way starting Gen Z, they're the first generation to start with devices mm-hmm. from day one. Yeah. So I mean, my kindergartners
1: needed no help in learning how to use an iPad. I mean, It was crazy that they just knew how to get on to things. They learned how to log in, you know, with a QR code almost instantly. It wasn't something I had to spend a lot of time with. It was nuts. Yeah. And they're getting into apps they shouldn't. I'm like, no, no, no. (laughs) (laughs) And yes, there's restrictions before anyone... It's upset. There's restrictions. But I mean, just like they're getting into photo booth. And I'm like, no, 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 we're not getting on photo booth right now. But being bored. So like another one she said was just playing with like Play-Doh or like the kinetic sand. Mm -hmm. And so having that and just 10 minutes a day of just playing with it. And like you have to come up with what are you going to do with it? And just even just that quiet time of just. So we try to do that in my classroom every day, like 10 minutes with the kinetic sand Mm -hmm. And one of them asked if I would turn on quiet music because I do that when we're writing. Sometimes I'll turn on quiet music. And I said, I'm not going to for this time. It's just play with your sand. Yeah. It's OK to be silent. <laughs> yeah. And they can't really do it. Mm-hmm. But they played with it yeah. quiet you know, yeah. for the most part. So it's baby steps. I'm trying to rewire a few of those.
0: brain, Yeah.
1: Whatever it is. <laughs> right. <laughs> the fancy Don't words. Don't quote me. <laughs> yeah.
0: What is the hardest part about teaching and what is your favorite part about teaching?
1: Uh, Well, the hardest part is dealing with behavior. Kids that have pretty significant behavior issues um, because you have to stop. You have to stop everything you're doing. You have to stop your lesson to deal with it. So that's been the hardest part. Um, My favorite part, well, five-year-olds are just precious. (laughs) They are so cute. They still are into Christmas and all the holidays. and um, So that's really fun. And I love kindergarten is where they learn to read. Mm -hmm. And it is really amazing. So like to remember back to the fall when I tested them and it's like, you've only knew 10 letters, right? Mm -hmm. Or, um, you know, you didn't know any sounds. Yeah. Like you didn't know what any of the sounds made, but you maybe they knew their letters, right? But those skills and then by the end of the school year, it's like... I got kids reading at first, second grade level, you know, and even the ones that struggled, they now know all their letters, whereas they, before they knew no letters. So everyone makes growth. right? And it's just really fun to see that. Like they grow so much. And they, first week of school, it was like, we're going to line up to go to recess. And they're like, what's a line? (laughs) (laughs) Those are COVID babies. Oh dear. So like, just the fact that I mean, it's fun to watch them learn to become students Mm -hmm. and how they are so proud of everything. They are just so proud when they write a sentence for the first time, when they draw a picture. I get about 20 pictures a day on my desk Mm. and don't tell them. (laughs) I tell them I take them home, but they really go in the recycling bin (laughs) because I can't keep up. Right. But they're just, they're adorable. Yeah. Five-year-olds are really precious. They are. They are yeah, they're very fun. They're so innocent and if sweet. If it weren't against
0: the law or wrong ethically, we would put pictures up, but we won't. Oh, yeah. They are adorable. <laughs> they're so cute. They're
1: so cute, and they are just excited. They're excited about learning. Yeah. They love school for the most part. I've never, I very rarely have I met anyone in kindergarten that doesn't want to be at school every day. Like, mm-hmm. they just want to come to school. They're excited. Yeah. Yeah, they're enthusiastic. That. It's just fun. It's yeah. fun to
0: teach them. Will you share the the story about the little guy at the end of the year? Like, you were going around, I think you just said, what's your, what's your uh, favorite part of the
1: school year? That one. So we... We do circle time on Fridays. We do what was the best part of our school week. Mm-hmm. And so for the last week of school, the last day, I said, we're going to do, instead of what is your favorite part of the school week, we're going to do what was your favorite part of kindergarten. Mm-hmm. So we're in our circle. They, I have a stuffed animal, and I pass it around the circle. And that's why. Yeah. They... Will
0: you explain um, what circle time is? I mean, it seems so obvious, So circle time, Yeah,
1: for the kids, what they would tell you is it's when they get to share, right? They get, I usually ask a question every day, and then they get to share. They get to take a turn. They hold Bumble. It's Bumble the bee, mm-hmm. And when they're holding him, they get to talk and everyone we work on listening skills. We look at, we pay attention to the person who's talking. So we talk about like looking and listening and nodding <laughs> and things mm-hmm. like that. Just basic, like, this, this is how you hold skills. a conversation mm-hmm. and you don't interrupt. Like it's their turn. They're holding Bumble so they get to answer the question. So anyway, that's what a, the kids would tell you. They mm-hmm. love to share, but from a teacher's perspective we're working on listening skills and and um, speaking skills
0: so anyway that's a
1: long story long
0: yeah <laughs> no, it's good, though because I feel like all the things that you do are so layered and intentional mm-hmm. and so that's why I wanted you to explain why why is why even have them yeah. share? But you are working on so many skills Complete that they need. Complete
1: sentences. Like, we are working on, like, you don't answer a question with because. We say, my favorite part of the week is da-da-da-da-da. Mm-hmm. So just all those, those yeah, those skills that they have to have for first grade. And so, anyway. So you're doing yeah. circle time. Circle time. So that's circle time. And on Fridays, we always do what was the best part of your school week. So on the last day of school, I said, what was the best part of kindergarten and, like, we brainstormed all the fun things, you know, our field trips and the parties we've had, blah, blah, blah. And then I gave an example, and then I hand Bumble to the first kid, and she goes, my favorite part of the school week is, and she said my name. Very sweet mm-hmm. and completely genuine yeah. and so, like, brought tears to my eyes. And then the next kid proceeded to, it kind of caused a train reaction <laughs> that often happens in kindergarten. It's like I dominoes. Yeah. I have to go potty. I have potty. to go potty. And then the whole class has to go potty. But it was very sweet. So everyone said my favorite part of school was you. And then they would also say, and our field trip, or and our party at, you know, whatever. Yeah. So it was very sweet, though. It was just precious. Yeah. Because that's what I want them to have. I didn't have the best memories of kindergarten. It's been a long time but I remember my teacher being old. I think mm-hmm. she retired after my class. And she was grumpy. I can remember her being really grumpy and yelling at us. And that's a horrible memory. Like, I can't tell you her name. Yeah. But I can tell you I remember us getting yelled at.
0: Yeah. And how she made you feel. Yeah.
1: And I don't want... That should not be your first experience in in a school setting. Right. I want them to love school and love learning. And so that was like my my most important goal for myself is just that they love it they love school they want to come to school so that was just the icing on the cake when they said I mean it was so genuine yeah just like oh so cute (laughs) now you're gonna see your teacher ugly cry right thanks kids
0: all right if you could wave a magic wand and fix one thing in education Mm -hmm. what would it be but I'm being brutally honest, yes, brutally honest. I, don't think, honestly honestly, Alicia, yeah, I don't. don't think we get paid
1: enough. Honestly, Alicia, you don't think we nope. get paid enough? No. And I don't, I don't feel like we're valued. I often hate that, like when you can't do anything else, you teach, right? Like if you're not good at oh. anything, you become a teacher. Like I've heard that often. Oh, you really? never heard
0: that before? No. But also, I was raised by teachers. Yes. So, so you probably that value teaching? Don't.
1: Yeah. Like you hear people just they kind of say it off the cuff, like, well can't do anything else be a teacher and it's like thanks yeah so i think i feel like our society does not value that job anymore i don't know if they used to it feel it feels like it used to be more valued i guess do you
0: feel like it's changed since covid or you feel like this has been just a slow i
1: think it's been a slow i think over time you know with covid i guess I do feel like there was like people began to feel like there was an agenda, and like teachers were part of the agenda. <laughs>
0: and, oh, that's interesting. Yeah, like yeah. we're
1: the we're the ones who are enemy. part of the problem. Yeah, mm-hmm. I guess I do. I feel a lot of times like if I just happen to look on Facebook or a community page or whatever, you 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 will see people almost on a daily basis bashing a school or a teacher, and it's like. I can see both sides of the story, and I think there's always more that we don't hear about, but I just feel like the profession in general has become like, um, I I don't know, I feel like there's a target on our backs, Mm -hmm. and if you came into my classroom, like, there's a lot of, like, well, they're teaching them this in kindergarten, da-da-da-da-da, and I'm like, Mm, come into my classroom yeah like come watch come watch mm-hmm. I'm not there's no agenda yeah <laughs> I'm not trying to the teach.
0: agenda is not help trying them. to brainwash your yeah. children <laughs>
1: right honestly and I think that that's a big it's a fear it's a fear and um sure there's some bad apples there mm-hmm. always are in every yeah. profession oh, yeah. right like generally speaking <laughs> the majority of us are there because we love kids right it's a calling like, you don't do this job unless you've felt called. Yeah, you're not doing it for the money. No, I'm not doing it for the money. It's right. exhausting. Exhausting. I come home and I want to lay down on the couch. I have to force myself to <laughs> go for do a the walk and do the do. things mm-hmm. and be a mom um, because it is physically and mentally exhausting. It's the only job where you go to bed thinking about it and you think about your kids. At least I do. I think about, like, are they okay? And this happened with that kid and I... You know, I hope they feel supported at home. and Yeah.
0: My mom would say that she felt like at the beginning of the school year, she kind of picked them up and she carried them for nine months. Yeah. You know, and her thoughts and her um, her um love and her energy
1: mm-hmm.
0: was just... You pour a yeah. lot
1: into them mm-hmm. and you worry about them mm-hmm. and you
0: hope that they're okay. You know, the ones that have... Hard.
1: Hard home life mm-hmm. and um, yeah thinking about ways how can I make this a better lesson Mm -hmm. in my free time I'm going to the store and picking up stuff for a project and um with your own money with my own money Mm -hmm. yeah yeah so it's a for what we do I feel undervalued I guess I feel like society doesn't put a lot of value on it Mm -hmm. I wish there was a way to change that because we are shaping the future generations right you know and that should be important to people. I would hope
0: you would think. You would think.
1: Yeah. Just well, my two two cents. Yeah.
0: What advice would you give younger Heather?
1: Younger Heather, like
0: just graduating from <laughs> from university. Dear. Yes. Hold on. <laughs> You're like, Get some sleep. Right. Um, Get some sleep. <laughs> sleep now. Sleep now. Because it's going to be rough.
1: Yes. Well, one thing I. What I tell, like, some of the teachers who are younger than me now is, and maybe they don't have kids yet, it's all about balance. What I've learned over the years is while I love my kids in my classroom, it is my job. And, um, like, I've made a conscious effort that I work 730 to 330, right? Those are my contract hours. And, yeah, they tweak. I tweak them here and there. Sometimes I have to work late. But I generally try to stick to my contract hours, and I didn't do that as a young teacher. I poured oh. everything in it. Oh gosh, there were times I wouldn't come home till five thirty or six. Because I didn't have a family. I just had my husband. Yeah. And he was he's also an educator. He would do likewise. So we would work. We poured so much extra time into that and it teaching kind of became like like all encompassing, I guess you could uh-huh. say. And you need balance. Yeah. Like it's it is an important job, but it's not your only it's just a part of you, right? And right. So I've tried to say, these are my contract hours, and uh, I try to, for my family's sake, stick to them as much as possible. Mm-hmm. And I, even if you don't have young kids at home, like, even if you're not a mom, I feel like like I have teacher friends that are single or, you know, n- newly married and don't have kids, yet. and I'm like, but you need to try to, like, for your family's and for your mental well-being, yes. stick to those hours. That's what you're getting paid for. And... I think also just, um, like, I I leave my computer at school often. I walk out the, I leave it there. And they're like, what if there's an email? I'll get it in the morning. Like, Mm -hmm. at some point, you have to be able to turn it off. Or (laughs) it's going to, it'll burn, you'll burn out. You're going to burn out, exactly. So I wish I could have told my younger self, like, let's find a little more balance Mm -hmm. with this job and not make it, like, your one and only thing in your life. Yeah. you got to turn it off. And maybe people will look down on me for saying that, but it's, I think, oh, well. we kind of live in a society where it's like, we, yeah, work, if you we teach... work so hard. Yeah. We like work ourselves to death, yeah. right?
0: Yes. Yeah. We're all about productivity.
1: Mm-hmm. And it's okay. Like, mm-hmm. that's what I've learned being the young age that, I, even, <laughs> I mean, very young. I'm so very, young. Very Is that, young. yeah, you have to give yourself grace and you have to give yourself permission it's okay to rest it's okay to relax and have hobbies outside of teaching <laughs> and like, right go to happy hour with your friends like you it cannot be the only thing in your life relationships I think that's what i learned too is it's more about your relationship with the students like they have to know that you care mm-hmm. and that um, you're supporting them and building those relationships. That's how you get to the end result of them learning and growing. is mm-hmm. It's a safe environment, so put more time into building those relationships and even with the parents if you can.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And everything is it's gonna fall into place. So, you know, and it's just one year of their life too. Like yeah, you got to give yourself grace. I feel like the standards are up here, and we're like, oh, we got to get these kids up here by June. And at all costs, and, and we leave some of the important stuff falls away, like the relationship building yeah. and the, you know, the moments where they make mistakes and they learn from their mistakes, right? So yeah. that's, I guess, what I would tell myself. Yeah. Balance it's- and grace. Yeah, that's beautiful. <laughs> Thank you. It's beautiful.
0: It's time for a segment called what is happening? All right, share a funny story when you thought, what is happening? Okay,
1: so I have this little girl, I will not say her name, um, last year and she, let's just say she's very into her style. <laughs> so went down the slide, got wet, like really wet, and had to go to the office to change clothes. They have, you know, donated clothes in the office, at, you know, for accidents and such. And I can't remember exactly how she put it, but basically she was very specific. She wanted like a certain style, certain color. And when they didn't have it, it was like, you're just going to have to wear these leggings super upset yeah super upset like this is not my style this is not gonna work with my outfit yeah so we had a very upset five-year-old for the rest of the day <laughs> just kind of funny things like that she's just like what yeah <laughs> this doesn't matter most kids don't care right
0: but she did
1: yeah and the same little child wore plastic princess dress-up heels <laughs> you know what i'm talking about every day like every day And we had to talk to mom about it, like, you know. What about P.E.? Exactly, P.E. days. You can't wear plastic dress up (laughs) princess heels. But anyway, one day she was wearing them. They broke to the point of being unfixable. We were going to text in mom. Mom said, just throw them away. And this little girl, like, tears, crying, like, you cannot throw those away. They're my favorite pair of heels. (laughs)
0: And can I just ask, what's Hi. happening with the rest of the class? Like, I know. This little girl is melting down. <laughs> over her heels. Right, over her heels. Her and you're like, perfume. kids, talk amongst yourselves. Seriously. That's
1: when I'm like, what That's is why going you want on? What by... is happening right now? Yeah. And <laughs> Things you... you would never expect to deal with. Like, I know. Yeah. So we had to take a picture of the heels, text it to mom, and print. I think we printed a copy, too, for her <laughs> to take home so she would always remember her favorite pair of heels. Mm -hmm. That's beautiful. I know.
0: If you have enjoyed the podcast, please share it with others or take a minute to give it some stars. This will help others to find the show and experience encouraging, life-giving, authentic conversations that remind them they are not alone in navigating this crazy world. Thanks for spending your valuable time listening in. Honestly, Alicia.